into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. All right. Happy Christmas Eve, everyone. This is a special Geek Elite Radio edition of Rogue One. Here with me, myself, Mitchell, and Richard. Yes. And Hello. Chris. <laughs> Hello. Okay. <laughs> I love that his greeting's just laughing. <laughs> Uh, with me today is <laughs> it's me, Santa Claus, um, Santa Emperor. Uh, I think that first thing I want to say about this movie is that I did like it. Oh, we're just getting right to this. Oh yeah, we're gonna get right to it. We have a lot to talk about. I I would imagine that's. I am surprised by this because Mitch has not liked Star Wars his whole life. It, that is actually I, true. I don't know if you're trying to be a jest, but. I mean, it's not that I. Oh didn't, no! It's not that I didn't. I don't like it. I just don't have the fondness for it that everybody else does. Which is not liking it. Because <laughs> it's the only, same thing. It's only one one end or the other, right? You like it, yeah, or you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is binary. Like you either love it or you don't. You're There's either no clearly a one or you're a zero. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, but I do want to, I, like I said, I want to say that I, I, I did like this movie. I, I liked it a lot more than I liked The Force Awakens. And uh, I will have a lot of bad things to say about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fair enough. So, uh, who wants to start first? Chris, why don't you go ahead and tell us what your overall thoughts were? All right. I enjoyed this movie. But I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought that I was going to. I, I which, see that's the same way. I I, it's, I, did, I, just, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah. And, like, I think I know why, but we'll go into that later on. Okay, and Richard, what, did, what were your overall thoughts after coming out of the theater? Loved it. <laughs> and, and how many times have you seen it? I've I've only seen it once. Okay, Chris, but how many times have you seen it? In my defense, I've been super busy. Only once so far. So I would say I'm the one that didn't like it the, the most, and you've seen it. <laughs> I've most. seen it twice. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I don't know what. So okay, the idea behind this movie is that we want us. They wanted to expand on the the crawl. <laughs> of a new hope basically that part where you, it tells you what's happening and and uh who uh w- what what happened right before the 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 wipe <laughs> onto the star destroyer <laughs> or is it the star destroyer or is it, is it leia's uh ship in the in the new hope it it's leia's ship but it's mm-hmm. also being pursued by a star destroyer okay, fair, so, fair yeah. enough it's you were right and right <laughs> yeah double right some would say Okay, so what? Uh, uh, all right, so the idea is that we finally get to find out why there is a flaw in the Death Star <laughs> that allows it to be destroyed by a uh, rebel fighter that has never flown a X-wing before. Sort of. Okay. Sort of. Uh, so, yeah, I would just say that the, the most interesting thing behind this movie to me is uh, obviously the fact that there has been this ongoing debate for decades as to why you would you would build this thing this way and how this could possibly happen. 
Although he says that he, you know, he puts a weakness in it, which is the core, he doesn't specifically address the exhaust port, which obviously no one else would have been able to do that except for a Jedi. So I still think it's okay that that went down that way. Uh, I believe Luke says that he he does the exact same thing back home. Yes, he used to bullseye <laughs> wop rats back home in Baker's Canyon. However, that's different than bullseyeing it down through a curve. He's just talking about hitting the exhaust port. He's not talking about the curvature of the exhaust port, which is still crazy. But but yes, it it I to me and I think that was kind of the most interesting and and perhaps kind of coolest part of this is that you do have these geek uh, arguments that have gone on for decades and decades and decades about the Death Star. And somebody finally got the the bright idea that was like, you know what? We're going to put an end to this. It stops today. We're just addressing it. We're airing all the Star Wars dirty laundry. We're fixing history. And here it is. That's that's pretty much what Rogue One is, in my opinion. Okay. I did, I did always think that it was weird that his torpedo, like, curves down into the exhaust port. <laughs> I think... I always thought that that was just... It was just a weird, uh, like, way for them to show it. Like, it, it was just a weird angle, basically. Even though it's all... Yeah, it's CGI. You know, it's. Not, I just figured it was. It was just a weird angle, and like it's a, like a torpedo. Like a torpedo doesn't just shoot straight down; it curves as it falls. But does it curve at a ninety degree yeah. angle? But but there's there's no falling in space. There's also no sound, but yet you hear explosions. So you That's gotta true. you gotta give stuff some stuff <sighs> up. Fine. <laughs> Got to pick and choose. And, you know, it, 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 the Death Star is the size of a moon. Maybe it has its own gravity. That's true. It would have at least a little bit of gravity. Not much. They definitely so. have some artificial gravity on there because people are just casually walking around the inside of it. So Exactly. Anyway, that's not the movie we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's not the movie. It's, it it's, kind of is. It's the hour before that movie that we're talking about. It kind of is. <laughs> it's, it's related. Okay, so I, I it mean, is. one of the things I have to say is that I just felt like... I felt like we were promised this heist movie. And I really didn't feel like I got a heist movie. I agree. Um, except I felt like we were promised this huge like D-Day style battle and we really didn't get that like I I was expecting more of like a ground presence and like to actually see stormtroopers fighting and stuff and like all of this craziness happening on the surface and we really didn't see that I mean we did kind of but not really. Like, most of the action was still happening in the air. You're right. Uh, I, 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 one, I, you know, what I also want to say is that it doesn't... Uh, At-ats don't make any sense. That I, To me, it doesn't make any sense for uh, a, 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 some type of battle vehicle or something like that. Because... Why not just build a, a, a big ship that flies through the air and carries all your people instead of something that has legs that can be easily taken out? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, it looks cool to have a giant dog walking around, but 
it's it's not tactically sound. I would say the thing that's interesting to me behind that Fair is enough. that in this movie, in the Battle of, uh, was it Scrafe or Scarif? Yeah. Scarif. The, the, the thing that's interesting is those, uh, I'm not going to call them at-ats because I still disagree with that and think it's stupid. ATATs? Right? Yes. Thank you. They are ATATs. Yeah, because you're not going to call the other one ats you know what I mean? You're right. Like, You're that's, right. That's I, I stupid. Called it an or I called it an ad at just because most of the public calls it an ad at. I agree, and they can have well, their they're opinions. Technically wrong, and, and that's <laughs> a completely different model. Yeah, that's totally fine. But I will say it, it's interesting that in in this film, they go down really quickly. In the Battle of Hoth, they actually seemed like formidable uh, machines that were actually doing a significant amount of damage. And perhaps they do make a little bit more sense in that environment Until than a, a beachfront. Takes them down. Well, sure, but everything, <laughs> as we know, has a weakness, at very clearly. <laughs> but yeah, I, that was the one thing that jumped out at me as I was like, "Well, wait a minute! Like, why are they just being taken out so quickly and so efficiently? Like, and yet there was such a struggle." Not even that much in, into the future in the Battle of Hoth. Like, just interesting. It's like, oh, we we totally figured out how to take these things down. Oh, wait, no, we forgot. Let's re refigure it out again. <laughs> no, no, because there clearly was a structural weakness, like with the legs. So if you shot them on the AC, uh, the ATCTs, they just completely malfunctioned and blew up <laughs> so then with the AT-ATs they were like ah we we learned let's get rid of that weakness <laughs> that's why in the battle of Hoth they shot at the legs and it didn't work and they were like oh god what do we do now <laughs> they I, I don't, it's funny because obviously all of their uh, weapons designers are rebel symp uh, sympathizers very clearly because they just manufacture all of these weaknesses in there <laughs> all the time. You're just like, man, somebody has got to be actually dedicated to the Empire that's building weapons at some point. Maybe, I mean. maybe Galen Urso designed those as well. Perhaps. <laughs> but like, even Django was like, look, they're going to clone me and make all these stormtroopers, so I'm going to like mentally throw my aim off so they all shoot like garbage so that the rebels have a chance so that I keep making money as a, as a mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> You know, before I wanted to say this before we got started, but uh, I, I have to. Uh, we 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 just got into it, so I have to uh, bring it up now. Why is it everybody in this ancient past in a galaxy far, far away is obsessed with pens? Like it just kept taking me out of uh, the movie every time I saw. Every person has like at least three pens on their shirt and each pocket, and there's at least two pockets on every shirt. I don't know if you know this, Mitch, <clears throat> but in a time of, of war, the pen is mightier than the sword, so thus, by proxy, you carry three times mightier than weapons in the pen, and yet no one Wait. has ever seen writing in the entire Never, movie. ever. You mean pens like what you write with, or pens like that they have like stuck on their... On their uniform. I, I know I have a problem with pronouncing my I's and E's, but no, I meant pens like you write with, because those are pens. I mean, I would assume that they're oh, pens. Oh, okay. Because they're they're in pockets, and, you know, they have little clips, and it just, it, it, it kept taking me out of the movie every time I saw it, because uh, Cassian had them, uh, uh, 
Tarthin? Tarthin? Grandma? Tarkin? Tarkin, thank you. Grandma Tarkin. Oh, Tarkin. Uh, Mer- uh, Kenrick? Ken- Kieran? Ken- Ken- ben Mendenhall's <laughs> character. Mendenson. Men. I mean, I can't talk today. <laughs> Anyways, the bad guy in the movie. He had a bunch of them. You, you know it would be great though. King Organa had some. Just just imagine, if you will, for a moment, just replaying this scene that is very iconically uh, exhibited at the end of this film, right? Where Leia gets the, you know the Death Star plans, and obviously we know that leads to her sending the message to Obi Wan. Now imagine how anticlimactic it Man, would have been. Spoilers. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but just imagine how anticlimactic it would have been if we get to see that scene where R two D two. Is like beep, beep, beep. he's like rolling up to Leia. She's like, "Come here, aren't you?" Like, "Holy shit, hurry up! We're getting attacked! Like, we've got to send this message to Obi Wan." And then all of a sudden, he's just like, beep, "And this pen comes out of him." And she like writes a letter and then shoves it back in him like a post office box, and then it goes away. And then we get to the scene of, of Luke and Obi Wan on Tatooine, and the message is playing, and it's just like, "Oh, what's this letter?" Like, I don't, I don't, I clearly know how to read this. Like, uh, if only we had some way to video record this, but then. Everybody be like, well, why are we carrying these three fucking pens that we never use? Exactly. See, it's uh, all I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Amazing. Right? They're totally missing a marketing I, I actually wish, right? I wish that uh, there was a cut like that now. We'll just I have mean, to like, have make it happen. stupid cut where... Right? <laughs> Auto-tune. Yeah, we kind of lost you there for a second. You lost me there for a second. Yep, that's what I said. <laughs> oh, well, there's carry a, on. There's then. a cut where what happens? Oh, where that happens. That's all I said. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, talking about that, so we now know, I mean... We literally are seeing the moments before uh, A New Hope starts. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Why Why is it that R2 and C-3PO are on Yavin? Yavin? Because that's what they do, man. Uh, they travel. Because were they traveling they were... with the King Orkana? Or King or- Organa? No, they're, they're owned by uh, Antilles at this point, who is with Bail Organa. Um, and he's the the captain of the um, oh now I forgot the name of the ship the ship that uh, that Leia is on. What is that? This is my cell phone. Oh, <laughs> sounded like an emergency alert system. So okay, there and, and was that one of the characters that they they spliced into this movie from A New Hope? Because I heard that there, there was a couple rebel fighters that or rebel pilots that they. Mm-hmm. Uh, their footage from the from a new hope they spliced in. It was the uh, gold leader. No, uh, gold leader was one of those, uh, and I think red leader was also. Was the two that they reused footage from a new hope, and one of them actually pa- had passed away, and so they yeah. got the footage and they like denoised it and cleaned it up and remastered it and stuck it in there. So they they literally just used the same footage we already saw, or is it footage that we never saw? I think it was a little bit of both. Oh, it was a little bit of both. Okay, yeah, nice. Oh well, I mean that's the, okay. That's interesting because that was used a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, not with just those two, but with uh, as they call them in this movie, Governor Tarkin. 
True. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Man. why Man not Moth. Grand Moth Tarkin? He hasn't been promoted. I, yet. I don't know. He's he just gets promotions like nobody's <laughs> well that's not difficult to do in the empire i mean they're just killing each other left and well right, yeah so. when vader goes around just right choke force choking people for no reason which I, I thought that was kind of bad actually that that darth vader finally had a pun you know don't choke on your own ambition i was like oh man come on vader. yeah why would they that was awesome yeah I, I don't know in six movies i have watched of star wars i have yet to see anakin or Darth Vader have a sense of humor at all, yet in this he makes a pun. It's true. It was weird. What? There's that whole joke about uh, heated negotiations. That was... Oh, <laughs> that wasn't that Obi-Wan or Liam Neeson? No. Qui-Gon was, nope. like, the negotiations were short. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. No, 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 no. When uh, when Anakin and Adme are um, hanging out on Naboo and they're all talking about how diplomacy doesn't work and stuff, and he, he's like, "Oh yeah, well sometimes you know I have to use aggressive negotiations," and she's all like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Well, it's negotiations with a lightsaber." Yeah, that's not. I don't think that was a joke. That this, that's just Anakin not. It is a joke. Understanding <laughs> shit. I laugh every time. <laughs> every time. Uh, all right. Well, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of uh, you know Vader's return? Oh my god, it was amazing. <laughs> I. You know, I think everybody right now is kind of talking about uh, his fight scene at the end. And it's I, I say fight scene because I didn't really have a better word for it, but he's not really a fight. He just comes in and just fucks people it's, up. It's a slaughter. <laughs> the murder sequence, I think, is what you mean. That, that'd be more accurate, yes. yes. Uh, how how uh, selfish of the of the one rebel fighter to not just pass the disc long when there's an opening big enough for the disc, but he's sitting there trying to get the door open so that he could save himself while his friends are also dying. <laughs> yep, right. <laughs> no man, open the door. Right open the door. He couldn't think of what he was supposed to do. And, and then the door opens it's so like, easily. Oh my god, they're dying in here. <laughs> Get me it out. <laughs> well, I mean, Vader does have the force. So, so are you are you saying that he was also holding the door closed while also attacking everybody? Oh, I, I wasn't necessarily saying that, but that is a a possibility. So you're saying he uh, used the force I, to open the door? Yeah, he just shoved that bitch open. Like get out of my way! Because it opens as Open soon as up. he stabs through it, and I didn't know if maybe that was a, a mechanical malfunction or if yeah he's using the force. Could be a bit of both. Oh, well, I mean, he could, yeah, he could have used that as an exploit to make it faster than him. You know, I don't know. There's a way. Maybe I'm sure. Okay, that I mean, he's we saw both. all through the prequels where they were like cutting into doors, like. Way in order to open them too yeah that's true yeah it's like, like that freaking like, blast doors yeah that sheet's like aluminum foil man it's just, <laughs> <boop. laughs> uh we got a little and speaking of lightsabers we got a little bit more into the making crystals. of lightsabers mm-hmm. and the crystal the kyber crystals that yep. go into them yep. uh yeah which 
has that been spoken about in the movies? I know it has in the extended universe, which is no longer canon. I do. It hasn't been yeah, in the movies, but they references it directly. They do go into it a lot in um, like the cartoons, so like Clone Wars or Rebels. Clone Clone Wars and Rebels actually. There's actually a lot of stuff from Rebels in, in this, this movie. movie. This is what I've been told. Yes. There is, like which is amazing. So I don't watch either of the cartoons. So uh, Saw Gerrera is from Clone Wars. He's, yeah. yeah. And he now he's going up to in be Clone in Wars. Rebels. Yeah. So right. Rebels takes place before this movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously he's dead now. Well, yes. Well, so, did you see him die? Yes. Yes, I did. No, you saw a wave go <laughs> no, over. No, no, he's dead. Okay, fair enough. He had those shitty robot legs and like sort of futuristic <laughs> asthma inhaler that kind of sort of didn't seem to work very well. So yeah, he's he's gone. That's so game over at that point. So I want to talk about the his respirator uh when they first show him use it in the movie you obviously hear the darth vader music behind him why why is that why why are they trying to allude to darth vader at that moment i do not know i mean he's the only other guy that we've seen in the movies so far yeah use a respirator that's the thing everybody's assumed for years that that was a darth vader thing it's actually just a star wars respirator (laughs) if ever you have a respirator you've got this crazy music that accompanies it well i mean it's okay so it's the moment when uh what's his name bodhi the 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 alliance pilot that alliance it's a Imperial, oh, the pilot imperial pilot that uh you the know, defector the defector thank you he he's sitting there he's kneeling before him and, and he the guy the sagrer pulls out his mask and and breathes in and you hear the music and i'm like i don't understand what they're trying to show me is he supposed to be the rebel version of vader is he supposed to be uh you know a, a bad guy i i just didn't get it i mean they do kind of allude to that like the the rebel alliance basically is like whoa this guy's like out there (laughs) yeah you know that was another problem i had with it like okay so i mean the movie starts off with young Jin or so and uh Mm -hmm. when sagra finds her in the hole and apparently we jumped 15 years in the future and now they're separated and we don't even know why like as soon as even when they get together we don't know why the two of them really separated like he she's he's she says you left me behind and he says right. something about well you knew we needed to go but mm-hmm. i, I kind of assume that there had to be more than that right you don't just leave your kid behind <laughs> Well, and I, I think that was there in a, in a sense to kind of show his transformation as well, too, because, like, in the beginning, like, he was obviously willing to do whatever to take care of her, but I think as he progressed and became more of an extremist, because that's what the rebels were kind of saying, like, hey, like, we can't really put our trust in this guy anymore, and we're looking for him to also kill him and take him out, or, you know, to kind of see what's going on, it was because he wasn't aligning with their beliefs anymore, and he was potentially now using imperial tactics against the Empire, which they weren't exactly cool with. And so I think that's kind of there to also maybe illustrate the fact that there's this change within him where he was like, I can't 
keep this girl around because she's gonna you know what I mean she's gonna get killed or I'm gonna be responsible and I can't have that on me because I've got to go out and do all these other things and I think maybe that was just a catalyst for his chain to become such an extremist was his separation from her because I mean I think there's a certain extent to where she was probably his humanity and then he realized he had to sever that connection in order to do what he thought he needed to do to win the war, perhaps. Like, that's kind of how I took it anyway. I could be completely wrong on that, but that's kind of what I was just getting that vibe from. Uh, because, obviously, he still cared a great deal for her, you know what I mean? Like, when he sees her and stuff like that. So, that's kind of what I walked away with it. But it could be just the guy was a dick. Do I you, mean, uh, Chris, do you watch Clone Wars? Or did you watch Clone Wars? Yeah, I've seen Clone Wars, and I'm currently watching Rebels as well. I'm a little bit behind on Rebels, but... Well, he hasn't showed up in Rebels yet, right? As far as I know, he hasn't. Okay, so in Clone Wars, uh, is that supposed to be before he picks up Jyn Erso? Yeah, yeah, he's like super young in Clone Wars, because Clone Wars is happening between Episode 2... And then the end of episode three. Oh, okay. Because that, that's where you see uh, Grievous a lot, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in Rebels, is that where we're going to see where he does all this extremist stuff that you know even the Rebels didn't want to uh, him to be a part of their, their new rebellion? Probably. Because um, if I remember right, his arc on... Clone Wars was like four episodes long and there was kind of some of that um, because like he was kind of the leader of like this small like rebellion rebellious sect um, that was like trying to stop or like fight against um, the, the droid army um and so like the republic sent um like anakin and uh ahsoka his padawan and a bunch of other people there to like help back them up and like help train them um so that they could be more effective against the the droid army okay so and then like his sister dies and so he kind of it's a uh, a little pissed off and stuff by the end of that arc murders everyone <laughs> uh one of the so i mean like and with his character one of the things i didn't understand was like i understand that he's paranoid and uh, you know for whatever reason sure I, I can i can get along with that he's been in war for a very long time uh yeah but when the defector the pilot you know comes into his presence he says, you know, he doesn't believe him. He does. He believes that everybody's lying to him. So first thing he does is is attach him to that alien thing that reads your emotions to tell mm-hmm. if you're lying or not. And he says you're going to go crazy, or you might go crazy. Um, right. Eventually, that 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 alien would tell him that the guy was telling the truth, right? Yeah. So for his I would pro- think so. for for his effort and you know being inconvenient and making his mind go to mush, he throws him into a prison cell. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if he's like, ah, 
turned anyone's mind to mush before, Mitch, but uh, <laughs> they become highly volatile when you do that. So you kind of got to lock them up for a little bit, see how things go. Oh, know. yeah. He looked very volatile in yeah. his uh, catatonic yeah. state. Sure. <laughs> just saying, you never know what could happen. I mean, he could snap at any moment. You gotta, you gotta put them in there for like seventy-two hours of observation. At minimum, oh, okay, you know? <laughs> fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the I did I I wasn't aware of the medical yeah. practices on uh, sure. Jetta. So. Yeah, well, there you go. You're welcome. That's free medical advice. Uh, talking about Jetta, that's apparently an ancient Jedi planet. That's where they mine their kyber for their lightsabers. And at this point, the Jedi yeah. have all been wiped out, except for the one that's wandering the desert. Well, there's there's still a few wandering around, but yeah, for the most part. Oh, I, I mean, I guess Jedi Yoda is on Dagobah, right? That's right. That's <laughs> true. I don't, you know, spoiler alert to those that haven't <laughs> seen it, but eventually, yes, we make our way to Dagobah. <laughs> uh, okay, so what uh, what do you ta- what do you make of this planet? Why? Why? I mean, is, is it just because the Jedi are no longer there that it's become such a, a terrible place? Or is it because the Empire is also mining it? Or is it a combination of all these things? Is there another? Is there other cities on there other than Jedha City? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I don't know if there's another city, but certainly that was, like, the biggest one. Yeah. Um, because everything was kind of built around the Jedi Temple there. Well, I mean, I, I think you would have that to an extent, and then I also feel like, you know, obviously with the Jedi not really being around anymore, that would lend itself also to kind of this lawless-type area, you know, and, and mm-hmm. certainly with the Empire kind of being there and not necessarily taking it over because they really didn't seem to care too much about the town at all. They were more just interested in, in mining the crystal itself. But I mean, who else is really going to be there to enforce law at that point? You know what I mean? Like really nobody. So it's kind of just going to end up being a situation of like the West, like Moss Eisley and stuff where it's like, Hey, do whatever you want. Just don't dick with me and I won't kill you. You know what I mean? It's like that type of, of situation, which is pretty common actually throughout most of the Star Wars universe, which is a, a weird thing really when you think about it because you, you essentially have this one entity that's trying to force Imperial law throughout the entire galaxy and yet they really don't give a shit about the law, which is strange. <laughs> um, and then you have the Rebel Alliance, which is also like, oh, you know, we're this pillar of hope and justice and good stuff and blah, blah, blah. But yet they're also never really enforcing any actual law outside of their faction. So it's a very weird world. If you just remove those two things, you would literally just have the Wild West everywhere, essentially. That's, that's what it seems like. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a great assessment of it. But uh, so then, if that if they're, I guess that's just the problem with evil regimes. I was gonna say, I mean, if they're not enforce, if they're not following the law, I mean, how are they enforcing it? So, but I, I guess that's just yeah, what I, what I said. They just kind of like are street judges in a sense. Like they're <laughs> they're kind of like judge, jury, and executioner all of their own. Now the interesting thing though is you do look at certain places that have kind of uh, their own law. So like you look at like Coruscant and stuff like that. Like they're obviously a lot more technologically advanced and they have a pretty operational society of like traders and things like that. And there doesn't seem to be at least on the surface as much crime. 
So I don't know. Maybe it's just like this thing where everybody's like, well, you know, there's a galactic senate, but who gives a shit? We're going to do whatever we want on our planet, and that's the end of it. And <laughs> essentially, most planets we go to are clearly not the greatest planets to go to because there's this crap in the fan all the time. <laughs> so in episode one, when uh, Qui Gon is t- is talking to the Jedi Council about wanting to train this young boy is that Jedi City? No. 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 That's uh on course. That's Coruscant? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which okay. they did I if I remember correctly, I think they had a shot of that in Rogue One for a brief moment where they were showing that. But I, I don't remember exactly, but I thought I saw that in there for some reason. So, I don't remember that. Speaking of uh, showing a shot of different cities, we definitely go to a lot of different locations in this movie, I think, in compared to a lot of the other Star Wars movies. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in every one of the scenes, or at least almost every one of the scenes, when they, they show up in a new city, they uh, a subtitle comes up at the bottom that says, you know, this is where you're at. This is where we're at right now. Except for the yeah. time when... You see Vader in his bathtub tank at his lava ta- castle. Oh yeah. yeah. So on Mustafar. Yeah. But see, yeah, you, you was, know that it was definitely Mustafar. But a casual moviegoer or casual Star Wars fan like myself does not know that. Why? Why didn't? Why wouldn't they have shown that name? That is a good question. I don't know. I I don't know why they didn't show it. The only the only justification I could kind of I guess insinuate from that is that those subtitles are kind of more um, illustrating the yellow brick road of the heist, if you will. And since that wasn't directly uh, involved with the heist, that might be why. That's the only justification I could give for you, because every other stop they're going to is is somehow moving that plot forward towards those plans whereas with that sequence of vader it's it's just now him getting involved it's not really mm-hmm. anything directly related to the rebels discovering new information that's leading them to scarif in order to get these death star plans that's the only justification i could make for it yeah i i also thought it was weird that they didn't label that that was mustafar and especially since like later on um someone from lucasfilm actually did confirm that it is supposed to be on mustafar um which is just kind of fucked up in its own right like that's where he lost most of his body and then the the emperor is just like oh i'll build you this castle here so that you can live here and remember what you did but but that honestly it sounds i mean like it sounds crazy but when you really think about uh, the dark side of the force it would make sense it it would be his rebirth into becoming darth vader and there would still be a tremendous amount of hatred that he would have in his heart by living there constantly so I, I can see it from that standpoint of being like, oh, you you go over here where things went horrible for you and you're going to become stronger because you're just going to be a bigger a-hole. And then you know, look what happens <laughs> the moment he starts leaving there and he's not living on this miserable lava planet. He starts having a heartwarming moment again where eventually he's like, oh, I'm going to kill the emperor and hug my son again <laughs> after I cut off his masturbatory <laughs> hand. Like, what a dick. But well, it's cool because he's got the force, so it doesn't matter. There you go. You could, could you use the force to masturbate? Yes. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it'd be dangerous, though. I mean, what if you messed up and just pulled your cock off? <laughs> hmm. 
Yep, that would be it's pretty bad. Question. But just to be, you know, they swing around blades of of piping hot magma, and I mean, you could cut your hand off at any or or your head at any moment with those things, and yet they do it all the time. So you know. Don't tell me that a Jedi doesn't seek adventure, because that's... that's true. <laughs> it would be weird, though, if you were, like, just, you know, a normal a civilian walking around, like, a station where a Jedi was, and then everything just started levitating. You're like, oh, man, he's baiting again. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> you're, like, trying to drink your, you know, your Bantha milk, and it just starts, like, <laughs> coming out of your glass. You're like, god damn it. I just wanted to drink my blue milk, and now I can't. Can't. Oh, but I also suppose, and this is really disturbing, but couldn't you just like Jedi mind trick people into doing things with you? Like, and that seems like something the dark side would pretty heavily do, you know? Not so much the Jedi, that would be against yeah. their thing, but like the Sith could just be like, you will have sex with me. And then that person would be like, oh, yeah, you're right, I would. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird thing True. that never gets addressed in any of the you movies. You know, bringing that up for a second, the whole sure. uh, Jedi mind trick, which. Uh, so at one point when um, those uh, basically cannon fodder uh, rebel fighters that go with them to Scarif, mm-hmm. uh, there's a scene where you know one of the the fighters has a helmet on, and in his helmet he has like two stick looking things in his helmet, and you know if you look at like. World War II images or uh, Vietnam images, that's like where a soldier would put his cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So are those mm-hmm. death sticks? They could Very be. Well might have been. Um, they could be. Yeah, they could be that, or they could be. Um, there's a lot of different like drugs and stuff that exist. And again, I don't know if any of this stuff's canon anymore because Disney came in with their you know, magic eraser and <laughs> bombed out an entire history, which is fine. I get it. Like you got to make your own history going forward. But yeah, I mean, it could be like uh, neutron pixie or any of these other spices that exist within. You know what I mean? Like, could be like a like a long time ago vape pen, basically. <laughs> like, we get it, yellow two, you vape, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a possibility. It's like I'm gonna go kamikaze. Ooh, this vape. Okay, well, I mean, that's uh, th- when I saw it. That was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, is that is that supposed to be a death stick? It could. It very well could be, though. I mean, they obviously they were very heavily influenced by you know that era for this film. So yeah. it's definitely definitely could have been what they were going for. And speaking of people that die at that battle, I thought it was, I did think it was really cool that they everyone uh, dies. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, it's more specifically the space battle because not everyone died there, but like uh, Red Five. So they they show Red Five yeah. getting blown up, which I thought was super cool because that opens up the call sign for Luke to use later when he you know goes and does his magicness um, or hokey religions, as some people <laughs> might call it. But you know, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was like thought it was like a really cool little tie, and that's to me. I think what made the movie so awesome is you know they did have all these little tie-ins, and even like the bantha milk, they reference that and they show them drinking that with you know young Jin and all that before. Uh, you know, the drink of choice for parents that are about to die. Exactly, you'd think people would just learn and just, even adopted you know, parents. Even especially adopted parents. <laughs> so they uh, die the worst. <laughs> yes, that's seriously, cool. that's uh, actually uh, what you brought up uh, with mm-hmm. the whole Luke becoming Red Five. Which sure. y- you're right. Uh, you know, the the original Red Five flies into the barrier and dies. But uh, I had, was listening to an, a podcast earlier this week where they were talking about this movie, and uh, and I think it was slash filmcast. But uh, someone goes on this big old rant of basically how. This whole movie, you know, shows how 
the many Bothans that died to get us these plans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you oh know, my God, and, and all these people died and Luke takes his, takes off his, his, uh, headphones or whatever it is. And, and, and turns off the nav system to, to use the force to take out the, the death star, you know, that, that kind of spits in their face. Is basically <laughs> what the guy was saying. <laughs> ah, but okay. First of all, the the many bothans dying isn't for these Death Star plans. It's for the second Death Star plans. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes. I mean, kind of. That's true. Yeah, it's close enough for I mean, imperial he, work. He, he, <laughs> he had he had to do what he had to do in order to you know, get the job done. But so. had he not made the shot, if it would have went wild and off to the, to the right and someone would be like, well, what happened? And he'd be like, oh, well, I turned off my nav system and Holy or my shit. targeting system and, and <laughs> that is, closed my eyes. Disney should totally remake 4, 5, and 6, but as an <laughs> alternate timeline, 4, 5, and 6, to where something like that does happen and we totally see, like, the Empire just grow outrageously in control and destroy everything. Like, that would be a short movie uh, because they would blow everything up. Uh, but at the same time, it would be extremely fascinating to watch. Trust the force, it Luke. Be. Fucking shit, fuck, I missed it! And then everybody's, god damn it! The whole world universe is destroyed now! Thanks, you farm boy jerk! Like, it'd be so awesome if they just did that. Talking about shit. Shooting all these womp rats yeah. back home. That one guy's just sitting there. He's like, yeah, you fucking really showed us making me look like an asshole back there in that <laughs> seminar. And now you can't even fucking follow through. Great job. Speaking of, of blowing everything up, why, why, why did we see them only blow up cities this time with the Death Star? Because it uh, obviously can't happen that way, because the first time they do it, they destroy Alderaan. Um, No, I I would say within the realm of of the film, it's just the amount of power that it takes to do that. And probably at that point, you know, I would assume they didn't really want to use it all, uh, is one theory. The other theory is, is that like any good tacticianer of war, you don't want to reveal your entire hand. So, I mean, I think kind of being like, hey, it's gonna just blow up cities is terrifying enough and it's like well we can scare the shit out of people <laughs> but they still don't know the full power of this until so in a new a hope later tarkin is just like fuck it let's just do the whole fucking planet i think at that point he's like you know what they got our plans yeah. they know what this thing's capable of just bomb the f out of this thing <laughs> and destroy everyone and kill these adopted parents of organa <laughs> Okay, before yeah, that guy's I mean, named Jimmy they, Smith. They even had a line Jimmy Smith. Smith in the yeah, Jimmy Smith. Yeah, they were just like, you know what, Jimmy Smith's <laughs> boom, take that planet gone. Rogue One, the last day of Jimmy Smith. <laughs> what, it's, it's so funny because yeah, when he's like, I'm about to go back to Alderaan, I was like, don't, <laughs> don't do that. I don't know if you know this, but terrible things are going to happen to you. Don't go there. That's one of those moments where I wish I could like jump into a film. I would just be like, listen, I know this is going to sound crazy. And I'm dressed super weird considering all of your robes and I'm in <laughs> denim. But listen to me, okay? You're going to go there. Shit's going to go south quick. Don't go there. <laughs> it would just be awesome, you know? It'd be amazing. True. They're like, this guy uses the Force to see the future. I'm like, no, it, yeah, that's not true. But yes, we'll go with it. Speaking because- of, so speaking of that, he, yeah. uh, he, the, the scene that, one of the scenes that we see him in in this movie, uh, he's talking to Mothmanma? Mm-hmm. Moth, how do you say her name? 
I would say that's pretty close. Mon Mothma? Uh, Mon Mothma. Mothma. Okay, I had it back also, but yeah. Okay, so... uh, It's tomato, tomato. (laughs) Uh, He's talking to her, and he says... uh, Or she says there's one Jedi left, or there's one Jedi that could help us, or something like that. And he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll have my best person go and find him, or whatever, right? And it's Leia. Yeah. Yeah, so he's talking about... Or is it? It, Well... (laughs) R2-D2. Yes. He says she. Uh, Well, don't assume R2's identity. Gender, so... You don't know that. (laughs) All right. Anyways... uh, He has beeps and boops, okay? (laughs) He's, he's he's implying, or at least we're inferring that it's 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 Leia that he's talking yes, about. Yes, yes. And uh, right, you know, when we see her in A New Hope at the beginning, she gives the the message and the plans to R two to then go find. Uh, well, yeah, because Obi-Wan. they're getting attacked. Like they jettison yeah. them out of the escape pod because that's where she was going. It's just they got attacked, so it was the last-ditch effort to make sure they got there. She was just like, well, if we put droids in an escape pod and shoot it out, they won't see that there's life on that escape pod and think that it was just a malfunction one that got shot out. And so that's kind of what happens But there. the question I was going to go oh, for sure, was yeah. that... Uh, Sorry, I'm just like no, answering no, I, everything. Yeah, no, not, not that I'm cutting you or no, no, that no, you were cutting me off. But uh, the, was, <laughs> was, it, was it part of her original mission to also get, her, get him the plants? Or was it just her? Was her original mission just to find him? No, I, I think she was definitely taking him the plans. I mean, I think that's why she puts them and gives the message in R two and shoots him out into Tatooine. Because obviously, she knew that that's where he was and they were going. You know what I mean? So, I think she knew that that was his mission. I just don't think she knew exactly where on Tatooine he was, which would make sense because if everyone just knew that, like, you know, and not only that, but like, why wouldn't if like. It, Darth Vader's still around, right? Like, at this point, obviously. Why wouldn't he just be like, you know what? I know this Kenobi guy pretty good. I bet you he's on Tatooine because he's kind of a dick like that. And now we're I'm just going to go back there and kill him. Like, he could have totally just went back and found him. Right? I mean, like, why why wouldn't you do that? (laughs) It's just like, I I just love my magma castle so much. I'm going to just sit here and be miserable and, you know, occasionally show up to these events and just slaughter people real quick. And then I'll go back to my piping hot, you know. And I mean, thank God his suit maybe has some built-in atmosphere or something because it's got to be sweating balls in that black suit on a magma planet. (laughs) Uh, Chris, do you have another take on on that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I exactly what Richard said. Like, I think that she was going there with the plans, um, you know, just to make sure that. Well, not necessarily with the plans, I guess, because that seemed kind of like a a last second thing like oh shit we got the plans like we got to get out of here kind of deal um yeah because but yeah because uh vader at the last scene in the rogue one he said right before he starts slaughtering people he says uh let's form a boarding party right right so uh i mean is that the same boarding party that's going on to lay a ship in the later uh or in in the new hope or is that just for this ship that he's on that's just for this ship that okay. he's on right now, because they did get away, and he has to track them down again and board well, them again. But the thing that's cool about that is he has such like a, a EDM dance party entrance. <laughs> like it's just dark, and it's like, <laughs> and he's all lit up red. You're just like, 
<laughs> and that's all the rebels hitting the roof as he's just like <laughs> bouncing them. <laughs> this, so, okay, this is I gotta say so, this is the thing that I love about Star Wars the most, right? Is so all of us grew up with Star Wars, and it, like we watch it, we're like, oh my god, like this stuff is so serious, like holy shit, this is crazy. And I still take Star Wars very seriously. Don't geek nerd rage kill me. <laughs> but I think the thing that's interesting is like being older now. You go watch them, and you still have that moment of of childhood happiness where you're like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. But then shortly after, you start, you know, the analytical part of your brain. And I think I said a very similar thing about uh, episode uh, eight or seven, Seven. rather. Um, You've seen episode eight? I I wasn't supposed to disclose (laughs) that. You son Um, of a bitch. Sorry, Abrams and uh, Disney. Um no, but I, but I do. I think that's kind of the coolest thing is that you can go back after you have been mesmerized by this magical moment in the theater and then kind of analytically sit there and be like, oh, well, I mean, but wouldn't you, you know what I mean? Like there's all these like analytical discussions that have gone on for so long about Star Wars that it's it's funny that we literally have a feature length film that has now been seemingly crafted just to address one thing <laughs> that we have debated analytically for what 30 40 years now 40 like years, yeah. it's amazing like it's so amazing and i think that's what's great about star wars is you can watch it and be mesmerized and loved it but then when you sit down to actually talk about it you can find all of this amazing humor and these things that obviously have to happen for a story narrative but would clearly probably not actually happen or you would hope would not happen if these things were real events you know you know and I think it's amazing and I, I i have to admit that even though i'm i'm not the the biggest fan of star wars and uh you know i'm a i'm a little i'm uh, critical of the movies i feel the same way about comic movies i will sure. i will give the benefit of the doubt for most anything and uh, defend to the death, you know, every scene I see. But when the movie is bad, the movie is bad. God, I can't wait till there's like a day where we could just say that about video game movies. <sighs> That's another podcast. <laughs> well, I don't know. I haven't seen Assassin's Creed yet. But I I'm haven't saying, either. But... I'm just saying there, there's not as many of them that are like, man, these are really good. And they're making billions of dollars <laughs> like comic books have yet. <laughs> And probably won't because they'll just keep going into gaming. (laughs) They're making enough money in the game. Oh, they're they're doing well. With (laughs) VR, I mean, kind of the same thing. Uh, Okay. Uh, Before, uh, I want to just talk about characters. Uh, Characters in general. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about the plot so far and really only scratched the surface. But uh, let's talk about some of the characters. Because I think with this particular movie, they needed to have characters that we were going to care about sure especially with the ending well i mean i think every story you want to have characters you care about typically yes it's true but i think in like the star wars franchise in general you have three movies to build these characters whereas this one you have just the one yeah that's true so uh Orso, i didn't care for Mm. (laughs) i like felicity jones i think she's a good actress but i just didn't like when she dies at the end of the movie i just it didn't really affect me any. No, I'm right there with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I really feel like that's kind of the the more problematic thing with this film in general is like honestly the character that I cared the most about and the one that I was actually upset that died was K2SO. Yes, exactly. Oh, right. I was like, no. oh my god. 
I'm like, he could totally live and I come back cried. in episode eight. Like, he's a robot. He could live that long. That's the one character I was like, he, he should live. It, it makes the most sense. It does. And I mean, he knew the chances. He did. He knew the odds. He knew the he, odds. He could have totally lived. He could have been like, look, I'll lock the blast doors from the ship. And uh, good luck, guys. I'm peacing out. Uh, I mean, he even says it while they're above Scarif, like, uh, you guys would die, but I'll be okay. <laughs> exactly. I was like, yes, they're foreshadowing K2SO survival. This is amazing. And like, he could, he should totally just come back in episode eight and be like, yeah, I, re- I remember when these things happened. I, I mean, because you need the one person that's supposed to survive to tell the story, and who better than a, a, a droid? He, he should like they should have approached it sure. like the like the Highlander franchise, and, and he should have just become one of the Watchers. Like, he couldn't intervene anymore. He couldn't, like, change the course of history. But he was just documenting everything that happened after the <laughs> yes, Battle of Scarif. exactly. And then he just shows up and he's like, all this stuff you kids thought you knew was wrong. So, yeah, I mean, definitely he's brought in for the comic relief. Yes. He's, he's got some of the best lines, I think, in Absol- the whole movie. Oh, and probably some of all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, played by an, or, Alan Tudyk, wasn't he, it? Oh, yes, Alan Tudyk. But I, I was going to say he just did the voice, but he also did the acting. Like he came in mm-hmm. on stilts and and did was the in the scenes and, and yeah. Yeah. So he's. I think he said nice. Oh, oh. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, he obviously did a great job. Uh, yeah, no, I thought a very Andy Circus of him. <laughs> uh, what is his name? Cassian Ando Andro, the pilot. The Basically, our Han Solo, uh, like you were yeah. saying, w- like you were saying, um, with the whole this whole movie was made just because of a debate. I feel his character was kind of made just because of another debate, one that you know Lucas himself <laughs> has been trying to <laughs> subvert for many years. Uh, basically, you have when you have Han in the 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 bar. And he shoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's the character? Greedo. Greedo first. Uh, since then, there's been many cuts of the film where either he didn't shoot first, or he, they shot at the same time, kind of thing. Right. Which is now we same. have this uh, pilot that is literally killing people because he needs to. Like his informant at the very beginning of the movie is. An, almost an innocent like he, there's no he, he he does it just to save his own skin right yeah uh to be fair though he's he's a rebel pilot he's not a smuggler <laughs> you're cutting hairs <laughs> I, I agree i agree it could be viewed as like a murder because but, but he knew that that dude wasn't getting out of there oh absolutely so well, it was like yeah, here you go. Anybody... It's not mercy. He's afraid the guy is going to squeal on him. That's not mercy. That's covering your ass. Anybody that goes to have a <laughs> seedy, dark alley meeting in an alley that only has one exit, kind of not a good tacticianer. <laughs> Just saying, like that's you're, and you you had you have to know that guy's got bad knees and shit too. Like you're like, okay, I can climb out. This guy, he's screwed. I'm totally going in there. Like, Look, why would you do that? Well, what I don't understand is why the the stormtroopers walk up on him like what's going on here like it's two guys having a conversation have you met stormtroopers that's just what they do <laughs> they just walk around excuse me excuse me you're up to no good <laughs> i'm not stop making trouble in my neighborhood that's fresh prince um totally different movie in the star wars verse um 
But what if it wasn't? <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, the Fresh Prince West, Bel-Air is like another four I was world. sent to. He was, he was actually betrothed to Princess Leia. He had, he had to go to, uh, when he pulled up to the house on Mustafar, it was uh, of uncomparable size to anything he had seen. Um, and the smell, whew, it was... It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Which would make sense. And, uh, yeah, no, but I, I don't know. It's, it's funny, like... Um, kind of playing and again this isn't obviously canon or anything anymore but when you play a lot of the games uh especially you know like star wars galaxies or something like that where you have these areas that are being occupied by imperial forces they would just randomly search you for contraband and stuff like that so you know i mean being a stormtrooper walking down a, an alley that leads to nowhere and there's two people crouched down seedily behind a vehicle it's like yeah i mean she's out in you know the ghetto this time of night with some quantum physics books she's about to start some shit <laughs> to also keep a little smith related will you stop it <laughs> look uh, you know and that brings me up to another thing uh what exactly is stormtrooper armor supposed to block because it doesn't seem to stop anything Oh my god, that is amazing that you brought that up, because I just watched where um, they have one of the old clone troopers, like, helping them out, um, and they have to, like, dress up as stormtroopers to infiltrate this base, and he's just straight up like, this armor is garbage, like, it doesn't (laughs) protect you from anything, I'm not wearing this shit. (laughs) Well, okay, but to be fair, let's look at the situation here. Do you know how many stormtroopers they have to supply? I mean, it's kind of like the U.S. military in, in a sense, right? We could be buying this badass dragon-scale body armor for our troops that would offer way more protection, but we're like, yeah, we really can't afford that. Yeah, but we also don't send them out there in paper bags. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but again, the Empire has clearly made lots of horrible decisions on a, on a tactical scale here. You know, I, but that's just one thing I have to say. I mean, Orzo to, designed those two. He's be- <laughs> like, thin candy M&M shells for all of you people. The, look, in, in, in the prequels... Which I know is is blasphemous to talk about. I don't at this so. point. It's part of canon. I, it's allowed. I, 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 to me, at I least they tried to do something close. different. I don't care what anyone says. There, you know, I'm glad the three of us are in, in agreement on this. But in the prequels, the clone trooper armor at least looks like it's made of metal and it, it could withstand something. You know, we go back to the and original. It does. Uh, and it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, you go back to the original trilogy, and you know we're back to the the hard plastic, which I know it's just the times. You know, it's not just that, Mitch. Mitch. Yep. Okay, let's think about this for a second. Do you know how expensive it is to build a Death Star? <laughs> it's expensive. Okay, you can't just be buying every schmuck under the sun badass armor. It's expensive. What the, what the hell is an aluminum falcon? Yeah, exactly. Is that an ATM on your chest? Are you gonna pay for the next Death Star? All right. Uh, look, <laughs> with uh, that's what I, what I'm trying to get at is that now that we're back to Rogue into Rogue One, mm-hmm. would the hardcore fans be upset if they changed one one Darth Darth Vader's armor and to the the stormtrooper's armor so that it looked like it was actual metal or that it looked a little bit more sturdy? Like keep the same design because to me the cheesiness of Vader's suit at this point just kind of takes me out of the movie because it yes in the original trilogy it's it that was probably the pinnacle of fucking making you know outfits uh, uh for uh preformed plastic but now we could do better things should they have done better things 
Well, and, and this is kind of something that I've always talked about. Uh, even when 20 years later, after you know, 4, 5, and 6, Lucas went back to do 1, 2, and 3, I always thought that was a bad decision in, in an essence because the our technology was 20 years advanced. Right. And then in their technology, he's going like 30 years in the back. Right. And it's like... You see the ship that uh, Qui-Gon and them are cruising around, and it's like seemingly all made of chrome, and it's like no other ship that's ever in Star Wars. So you're like, well, wait, a, wait a second, like, what? Why did they have that? But then I don't see, I don't know if you know this, Richard, <laughs> to pull one from your book, but oh, go for it. By the time the the original trilogy came along, all the Jedi were destroyed, so all their cool shit was also <laughs> taken away. It's very true. I totally agree, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, yeah, but it was a Naboo. This <laughs> was yeah. a Nubian cruiser. Right. Well, Naboo obviously had some money because they had some pretty damn big palaces and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, like, it, it, I always thought it was kind of a bad decision from that standpoint because when, and even in essence with Rogue One, even though I loved it and it had all these awesome Easter eggs and things like that for, for playing up Star Wars nostalgia, which seems to be just the, the, what they've tried to do at this point with revitalizing the franchise, which is good. No, it's not. It, it is to set the groundwork to move away from that and move forward. And that's which, what Force Awakens was. You don't need to do it again in this movie. It, it, yes and no, because... It, and and, and essentially what do, they, though, well, since where it falls. Well, that too, but my whole thing is, is that they, I think they're doing this to also open up the gates for, obviously, the other films that they're going to do, such as like a Han Solo standalone, hopefully a Princess Leia standalone. I mean, there's so many different stories that happen within that that I think you kind of do have to create those elements to let people have that. But that's why I always thought it was a bad decision because I was like, well, don't do that. Just go straight into 7, 8, and 9 20 years later and just go crazy. Like, you're no longer restricted to any technological uh, aspects of their world and now our technology's here, so push our technology to the maximum and go crazy in 7, 8, 9 which they didn't do, you know, obviously, but now they're doing it. And so it's like, but even then, they're still being, in my opinion, rather safe with it. Like, I, I, the one thing about uh, The Force Awakens is I felt they didn't push it enough. Like, and I get it, because you're right, it's kind of just, hey, we're putting new life into this, let's just get people back on board, and then we can go forward. But the interesting thing to take away from that is here they are moving away from the the traditions, and I understand why, but they didn't have the crawl at the beginning. Again, I completely understand why it makes sense that it's not there, but it is something that is so iconically Star Wars that they are like, well, we're slowly introducing these changes. And not only that, you look at the cinematography of this movie, completely different than any other Star Wars film that's been made. Like, it's such a darker tone. This is an actual war movie. It's true. (laughs) And, And again, it makes sense, but it's one of those things that they have been within the hands of of lucas films very afraid to do and so i think that's opening the gates and slowly allowing them to experiment with okay we'll we'll ease people into the transition of making them less traditional and we'll we'll kind of push towards this new direction of where we want to potentially take the franchise if that makes any sense it does that's well, kind of my i theory. don't necessarily think that's why the crawl wasn't there i think the crawl wasn't there just because this isn't an episode in the saga. Like, this is basically supplemental material. Right, right, right. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm just saying I think it's one of those things that is right. allowing them. Because I agree. Like, yes, it's it's the same thing when people are like, oh, 
man, I wonder if they're going to make a Rogue 2. Like, no, it's episode four. That's the sequel. It was already made. They, that was the one they started with, people. Like, it's, it's, they're not going to do a sequel to this. But I think it is one of those situations where it does open that doorway. And, and I think that's maybe the timing, too, of where they're like, well, we could slip this one in there and it fixes some issues and addresses some canon problems and arguments. But at the same time, it's one that we can justify not having this on. And then that will open up the justification for other things to maybe slightly skewed or changed as they progress. Right. You know, one of the things they did get rid of that is probably iconic Star Wars is the wipes. So I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yes, that's that's fine. Uh, Okay, so speaking of character still, we got, I think, at least I was introduced to a a new uh, uh, archetype, I guess, of the Star Wars universe as the Guardians, Mm -hmm. which is our our blind character and Mm -hmm. our gun-toting character, which... Oh yeah. To to me, you know, was uh, it was unfortunate because they didn't, you don't really get to know. I mean, they say the blind characters, Donnie Yen's character, very. Uh, they say his name a couple times, but mm-hmm. it's nothing that I could say back to you right now. And I don't it's like Sharut or something. Yeah, and I don't even think they even say the the other dude's name. I think he does call him by his name. Uh, yeah, like once, once or, or twice. twice. Okay. Yeah. Well, that I mean, to me. These two characters were probably some two of the co- coolest characters in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, especially oh, yeah, Donnie Yen, sure. obviously for for obvious reasons. The only pro- the only problem I had with that was his mantra. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, say it once and was be it done. Excessive? Oh, it was super excessive. Like, I was just like, just no, please stop. Look, like, just say it once and be done. But see, the thing <laughs> I got from that is that he is a very devout follower of the the religion sure. and i you find i at least i find people who are very devout tend to do things like that if any religion i no i agree but it's one of those cinematic things where it's like i think you can insinuate it once and be done with it i don't th- you know like you could have done it once at the beginning but it played maybe slip that he does one more so much, time in there and then right at the very end where he dies see, have that moment and it would have been that's the reason the fact the fact that he does it so much throughout the film makes it that more poignant when he does it when he knows he's going to die okay and here's my thing with that um, it, even that i would have been okay with if they would have actually fledged like fleshed it out into a full-blown like mantra saying like you you look at like the sith prayer and like the jedi prayer like it's a big long thing it's not just one line and like he just that's what gets me more than anything is that he just keeps repeating that and it's become uh, such yeah, a well, joke now that you have like the picture of him like writing it on the simpsons <laughs> chalkboard over and over see, and it's a, like but you also gotta think that's it's easier to put that one little line on a t-shirt so people can buy it sure and that's totally fine too i mean obviously they condense those other prayers and things like that too to just a few lines but th- my point is is that like it's so overdone in this film it's that's the only thing that i was really like annoyed with I was like, okay, yes, we get it. Thank you. <laughs> and it's like it's crazy well, too because I don't know if you remember this, but we had talked about doing a Star Wars fan film like a long time ago, yeah. and I wanted to make a blind. And I get it; he wasn't exactly a Jedi, but I wanted to make a blind Jedi. But he's definitely Force sensitive. Oh yeah, he's an untrained uh, wielder of the Force, uh, which is very common within the mythos of of the universe of Star Wars. Which is awesome that we actually finally have seen one on screen, though. Yeah, I think that's super cool. 
but I still want in like I don't know maybe as we get away from the Skywalker stuff like it would be super cool if we had like a blind Zatuichi styled uh, uh, Jedi <laughs> that would be f- awesome in my opinion so I'm saying maybe I'll just have to make that happen but it still would be cool <laughs> Chris what did you think of those two characters what did you think of the idea oh. of Guardians too well, I I liked it. Um, so the the blind character, Donnie Yen's character, um, is actually like a callback to the original script for Star Wars because it was supposed to be um, like the the Adventures of Luke Skywalker, an excerpt from the Journal of the Wills, um, which the Wills in the canon are like uh, kind of like this religious sect that kind of. Um, like worships the force, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and so, like that's what Donnie Yen's character is. We we haven't really seen any of them in the movies, so that was super cool. Um, but like, I I don't know. I kind of disagree with you guys. Like, I I kind of got the feeling that he um, like wasn't so. Um, like strong in his faith throughout the movie. And then like towards the end is where he really like understood and was like, okay, yeah, like I'm fully in this now. So like him repeating his mantra over and over again was kind of like, come on, like trying to kickstart it like out of desperation well, yeah, I, that's what I was saying. I don't, I don't think that was the, the necessarily the connection with his religion. I think he definitely was very vout, in my opinion, to the the Jedi ways. But yeah, I don't yeah. think he was super strong in the Force. I do think he was slightly Force sensitive, and you know that was obviously he is because he makes a, a comment to Jen Orzo that he would not have known without some level of Force connectivity. But I don't think he was like. Right obviously you know super powerful or anything and i agree with what you're saying in the sense that he was trying to awaken this latent force ability that he hoped was inside of him my only complaint with it is just the amount of of times that he said it and just the repetitiveness of it was just in my opinion overdone but i totally agree with what you guys are saying about the rest of it so and this might be just a, a little racist of me but um the, the actor who plays the gun-toting guardian, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe he's uh, of some type of Asian. <laughs> and me being some type of Asian also, I know that's pretty bad. But uh, I, I felt, and, and I know that the actor who played Django is uh, a Maori. Mm-hmm. So, but I felt like they kind of look alike. And could there be a possibility that this is a one of like a, a a rogue clone that's out there? Well, I mean, you could make that argument. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah, you could make that argument, or um, you could maybe just even make the distinction that perhaps he was an ex Mandalorian. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. a very big possibility as well. Okay. Well, I mean, I I just always assumed Mandalorian was a group as opposed to a race it's a bit of both i mean they have like clans and tribes and things like that that fall with inside of the the mandalorian you know 
sector, if you will. But but yeah, there's there's different kinds. Okay. But you know, it's possible that he could have been of the same tribe or clan as what Django would have been. Uh, which is also interesting because there's a part, uh, speaking of Mandalorians for a moment, there's a part where they're searching through the files, you know, and she's like, oh, Stardust, blah, blah, blah. There's one in there that's called uh, Darkblade, which references back to the Black Saber that the Black Jedi Saber. Order made that eventually got stolen by the, uh, was it Vizzle? Vizzle? Uh, she was like one of the clan tribes uh, of... Clan Vizsla. Clan Vizsla, yeah. She was like yeah. one of the heads of that, and they stole that from the Jedi, and it became like a really popular uh, artifact with inside of the Mandalorian community. So I thought it was super cool that they referenced that. So I, Yeah, I have you know, to say that I, I assumed when she was reading off all of those different project names that those were all had to be something some some little easter eggs mm-hmm. uh and i think i heard someone yeah. else say that one of the other ones was something too but i, I wouldn't know what it was but I, I i know i assume for the super fans or the people who know the lore that would have been something that was something cool uh okay just to wrap up so this one last thing i would say the, the title of the movie is rogue one we we hear it spoken when uh, Bodhi is giving the call the new call sign for the the ship that him and the rest of them are going on Scarif. Now that Rogue One is down at the end of that at the end of the movie, do we hear other Rogue call signs in in the franchise? I, I remember mm-hmm. the, the, the Super Nintendo Rogue video Squadron. Game. Rogue yeah, Squadron, yeah, yeah absolutely that, that game. It, that was a N sixty four game. Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, other than those two references, is there is there a Rogue Two? Is there a Rogue Fifteen or a Rogue Five? You know. Well, I mean, with it becoming a squadron, right? So you have like uh, the Red Squadron. So obviously you have like Red One, Red Five, all that sort of stuff, and you know the Rogue Yellow Leader. Squadron and Goat Leader and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's very plausible that they could have taken uh, that monarchy and changed it into Monarch. their huh? Nothing. I said it wrong, but <laughs> they, they they could have taken that and and used it as um kind of like a classification of like infiltration or special forces or something to that extent that we could continue to actually see or referenced going forward in in you know the star wars timeline it really at this point i think just depends what disney wants to do with creating the new canon you know what i mean Okay, because technically that N sixty four game isn't canon anymore. So it, you know, at this point, we may never see another one within the actual canon verse of of what Disney does. But it's possible that it becomes a bigger thing now. Okay, uh, Chris, any any last thoughts? Ah, uh, man, K two shouldn't have died. And in the most sacrificial, I think, uh, of the deaths. <laughs> Seriously, like I, I, I almost cried in the theater. I'm man enough to admit it. As so am I, and, and I was right there with you. But yeah. to be fair, he did have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Richard. Any last thoughts? I mean, uh, no, like I said, I, I, you know, I know we kind of talk a, a jokingly a lot about it, but I, I, Star Wars is always something that's been very like near and dear to my geek culture and my heart, and uh, I think it's cool to just kind of have, you know, new life brought into it. And obviously, Disney's attacking this full force and putting out tons and tons of content for us, which I think is great. Uh, and I, I can't wait to, uh, you know, talk whatever the next one is, whether it's episode eight or whatever else they throw out, maybe before that or not before then, game wise or whatever they do going forward. I, well, I love that, talking about that's it, right, so. folks. Probably expect to hear the three of us talking about this next year at this yes. exact time. <laughs> uh, It'll be a new Christmas tradition. And like we said, like I said at the beginning er, earlier, this is, you know, we, 
we barely got to talk about this whole movie. Uh, there is a lot to talk about, but uh, we'd love to hear what you had to think about the movie. So, you know, contact us on Twitter at agent underscore of the underscore bat for me. Richard, you are... At Ray Cohen, <laughs> R-I-C-O-W-N. And uh, Chris, you're also on Twitter, but you don't use it that often. It's true. At Wizard, W-W-W-Y-Z-E-R-D. D. D. Because <laughs> he got cut off. And uh, we lost him. And uh, <laughs> if you want to get a hold of Geek Elite Radio, it's at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out our our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Be a part of our community. Be a part of the conversation, especially this conversation because, you know, you're part of everybody and everybody went and saw this movie. Because so Because Star Wars. Because Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> and afterwards, go to our website, geekeliteradio.com, to uh, check out archived episodes of not this particular podcast because we don't have one, but archived episodes of other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Uh but until next, next year, uh, next year, <laughs> uh, we can I mean, we can squeak something else in there. We still got <laughs> six days, seven days. Uh, this has been the Rogue One Special Edition Geek Elite Radio podcast on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programs.